0: Okay, Good evening. If you will, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, That's where we're going to be at this evening in our lesson. I was trying to come up with uh, what would I would preach on uh, this Sunday evening this week. And um, thankfully, I looked at the calendar. Husbands, you're welcome. This week is uh, Valentine's Day week on Wednesday night. So uh, you can all prepare now. You'll be three days early. Uh, In preparing. Uh, You probably won't be able to order any gifts in time, but uh, there's plenty of flower shops that you can uh, go to and still pick up flowers and still make a happy spouse. So uh, we're going to be talking about uh, one of the chapters a lot of people go to when we talk about love, right? Um, A lot of times if you're at a wedding ceremony, what chapter or what verses are usually read? 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 through 8. I know a lot of people who actually say well you actually can't use 1 Corinthians 13 uh, verses 4 through 8 in wedding ceremonies. And and so this question came up in my mind. So is it wrong to actually use uh, this particular text uh, while in a wedding ceremony? Well we have to understand the context of what's really happening in 1 Corinthians 13 and that's what we're going to talk about tonight as we use these verses in their context so let's look and this is what's often read at wedding ceremonies love is patient and kind love does not envy or boast it is arrogant Uh, it is not arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it is not irritable or resentful it does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth love bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things, and love never ends, right? And it's a beautiful, and we often call it the definition of love. And we love when we get to hear that because we're talking about a man and woman making this commitment of love and all of these different things that we find in this particular passage. But what is it really talking about? Why did Paul write this passage? What did he have it originally intend to be applied to? Notice all of these different actions or, or these different um, qualities of love. Love is patient, kind, envy, or does not envy. It's not boastful. It's not arrogant. It's all of these different things. If you were to go through it, there's actually 16 different qualities of love. Wow, that's a lot, right? Um, a lot to always try and remember. And I guess if you could, wanted to make a sermon series, you could do all those 16 qualities over 16 weeks. Right? And you could talk about each of those. Now, uh, what I originally planned to do was talk about all 16 of those and really break every single one down. But then I got to realizing that we would be here for hours upon hours uh, talking about those. And so we're going to talk about it in more of the general sense of how we see this passage in its original context. All right. Now, this is what we often leave off in the wedding ceremonies is this last part of the verse. Notice, as for prophecies... They will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. What in the world, Paul? Why are are you talking about love here? And then all of a sudden you break out into talking about uh, knowledge, tongues, and prophecy. and, And that they're going to pass away. Well, this is why we need to understand the context of what 1 Corinthians 13 is in. Now, go ahead and look in your Bibles. Go to chapter 12 and look at the very beginning of chapter 12. Notice what Paul says here. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. And notice as you go through chapter 12, he'll talk about a bunch of different gifts that were given to this church at Corinth uh, to help build up the body of Christ, to help uh, unite the body of Christ in all of these different things. He'll talk about how there's many members, but there's one body, and we need to use those gifts because we are a one body. Right. Now go down to the end of chapter 12. We're going to continue in this same idea of spiritual gifts. Notice, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. Okay. Now jump over to chapter 14 and notice in chapter 14 verse 1, pursue love and earnestly the desire and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Right? And in chapter 14, we've covered that uh, chapter before. He's going to talk about um, two particular uh, spiritual gifts, prophecy and tongue speaking and how those should be in a worship assembly setting um, and to make sure that everything done is for the edification and the building up of the, the church when they are assembled. And so notice how in chapter 12, he starts with the context with talking about spiritual gifts. Right? And then in chapter 14, he's continuing his discussion of spiritual gifts and how to use them in the assembly worship setting. And so right smack dab in the middle is chapter 13. And so we understand chapter 13 also in the context of spiritual gifts. Notice chapter 13, verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So he even starts out chapter 13 with a spiritual gift, right? And so we have all of these verses here. And now notice, I didn't take you there, but we need to notice that there's a shift in um, context, right? He's not leaving the understanding of correcting the Corinthians, but he switches from spiritual gifts in chapter 15, verse 1. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel. See, he's telling them in this letter, okay, we're done talking about spiritual gifts. That was Chapter 12 through chapter 14. Now we're going to switch to talking about the gospel which I preach to you, right? And so we have again uh, what is happening in chapter 13. Notice these first three verses, right? If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body and be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Now, I want you to notice these repeated phrases through here. Uh, Very interesting three verses. Very often, some of these verses are taken out of context. We'll talk about those another day. But notice three times he repeats, but have not love, right? Notice what else he uh, brings up this idea of if I use this particular gift, but have not love, I am this, right? Um, He uses the if I phrase numerous times in these passages, and then he also uses this idea of I am. I am what? If I use this spiritual gift this way and do not have love, or if I use this spiritual gift and I have not love, I am this person, or I have this quality about me, right? So notice these different spiritual gifts he brings up if I am able to speak in tongues, right, but I don't have love, I'm just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers, I'm able to prophesy, right? He's already mentioned those. He's going to mention those later on, the, the prophecy one, right? And if I have all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I am this great person who has all of these spiritual gifts right a faith that's able to move mountains if i have all the knowledge if i understand all the mysteries and i have have these prophetic powers but i don't have love with the spiritual gifts right i'm nothing it's useless and then he goes in to say if i give all that i have now what's interesting is that's actually a gift right being that person who's able to give everything that you have. There's, if you were to go through that list of spiritual gifts in chapter 12, you'd be like, how is that a gift? Uh, there's the gift of encouragement. Um, that doesn't come naturally to a lot of people, and I would say that is a gift that people are given to be able to encourage people. Notice, if I give all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. If I go to death, but I don't have love with it, Right? He says it was nothing. I gained nothing. And then that's why he goes into this idea of love. Now, notice at the very end of this chapter, he says, For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now, we see in a mirror dimly. But then, face to face, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love, right? He's talking about the importance of love in the use of spiritual gifts, right? If they were to have all of these different spiritual gifts in this congregation, which they did, but they didn't have love, they would be pointless, right? He also gives us the, the interesting notion that uh, we know in part, now this is particularly in this time, this day and age, they have n- partial knowledge and they're able to partially prophesy, right? Because God was giving the information as they were going. But when the perfect comes, uh, I best understand that as the New Testament, right? The whole Bible being able to be put together, All those partial things, those in part things will be done away with because we don't need those anymore because we have the full revelation of God. And then he goes on to say um, this whole idea of when I was a child and then I gave up everything. Well, uh, this idea of they were in part, they had knowledge and they had prophecy in part is this idea of being child, right? Being a child and understanding things in childish ways, um, because they didn't have the full revelation of God, but he was going to be able to go on to manhood once everything finally came, right? Notice what the most important attribute is, love, right? We have to have love. And so um, that is how we use that in context of uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Paul originally meant to see this uh this passage in the idea of how to use spiritual gifts. We need to have love with them. Now, does that mean we can't use that um, outside of spiritual gifts? Well, the principle still is this is what love is all about, right? Love is all of these different things. Notice what this principle that we find in these verses is. Now, it's not a lot about what love is, but what love does, right? If I have love, this is what I do. I am patient. I don't envy. I don't have all of these things, right? I'm not arrogant. I don't um I'm able to bear all things. I'm able to believe all things. I'm able to hope all things because I have love. And it's more of what love does and more of more than of what love is. And so, yes, it's a great passage to talk about how uh, we need to be loving. And it's certainly a great passage to talk about in the sense of a church body, and how we need to have love together, and all of those great qualities that go along with what love is and what it does, right? And so that's how we use it. Don't ever cringe whenever you're at a wedding and you hear somebody uh, start reading this, because yes, while it was used in the original context of uh, spiritual gifts, it's certainly a great passage to talk about, especially between a man and a wife, because certainly, uh, that type of love and what love does is needed in a marriage relationship. And so uh, that's 1 Corinthians 13, if you've uh, ever read it out of context and now you see it in context, it's really cool and how Paul's using that there uh, to talk about love and how we should use it with spiritual gifts inside a church body. Um, That's the lesson for tonight, uh, especially with uh, Valentine's coming up. I hope everybody uh, has date nights every week, but Maybe this will be a special date night for you uh, this week. That'll be awesome. But we also want to make the invitation available for anybody who is in need of responding tonight. Maybe you are in need of uh, asking for prayers, for encouragement. Uh, You've fallen away from the church. You want to come back and you want to recommit your life, rededicate your life, be restored to his church. We'd love to pray with you. Or maybe you're here this evening and you'd like to have your sins washed away in the waters of baptism. Become a child of God and Uh, start living for him. We would love to do that this evening as well. We just ask that you please come while we stand and sing the Song of Invitation.